Good morning. Welcome to Scarlet City Church and our digital worship gathering. My name is Christine Mallory, and my husband and I are members at Scarlet City Church, where we are a people joining God's story of transformation and renewal. We're so glad you're here with us this morning. Well, we have all learned this new rhythm of stay-at-home life, haven't we? Maybe you're someone who is working from home for the first time. Maybe you are homeschooling for the first time in hopes that it is the last time that you have to homeschool. Maybe your reality is you wake up every morning with the realization that today is going to look a whole lot like yesterday. Well, in my new stay-at-home rhythm with my husband and two of our three boys and three dogs, God has reminded me this week of 1 John 4, 4, where it says that the one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. God has given me his strength, unlimited, freely given through the Holy Spirit, and he has given it to you too if you are his child. It's available to all who come to him and embrace him as Lord and Savior. And I'm thankful for his reminder today of that. Well, in this time of social distancing, it's awfully nice to connect with others outside of your four walls, isn't it? So let's take a minute and say hi to a couple familiar faces from our church family as they stop by to say hello. Hey everyone, it's Kate Likely. It's hard to know what to say. These are such strange days, but I miss seeing all of you and I look forward to when we can all gather again. So in the meantime, stay safe. Enjoy your Sunday. What's up, Scarlet City? I miss you guys so much. Being with you was one of my favorite parts of the week and definitely my brother Dawson's favorite part of the week. So we are struggling not seeing you. But know that I am thinking of you often and I'm thankful for you. Oh, Scarlet City, I didn't see you there. I hope you're enjoying your home gym as much as I've enjoyed mine. We miss seeing you all in person so much, and we hope you're staying well during this pretty crazy time. Be well. We love y'all. Thank you, friends. It was great to see your beautiful faces. Well, as we begin our service, I invite you to prepare your heart for worshiping our Creator and King. As I read from Isaiah 41, chapter 10, the Lord says through his servant and prophet Isaiah, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In our times of weakness and worry and fear, we need only to turn our gaze and our thoughts to our good and great God. That is what he tells us. That's his promise to strengthen and help us to never leave nor forsake us to uphold us in the storms of life. And that's the immovable, unshakable rock on which we can stand. Church family and friends, the sovereign God of the heavens and the earth is with you and for you. Well, friends, we're gonna continue in our worship by singing together. And during this time, uh, I wanna invite you to be intentional with uh, the way that you engage. For some of us, that might look like standing and singing with our full voice. For some of us, it might look like sitting or maybe kneeling, maybe closing our eyes. 
eyes and just letting the words uh, really sink into our hearts. Uh, Whatever it may be, we do invite you to be intentional during this time. Please sing with us.
Church. Thank you so much for having us this morning. We are really grateful for you and your community. We love so many of you. We don't know all of you, though we wish we did. Um, we will how, someday. Yeah, for sure. Um, how kind of you to, to ask us what our church needs. Um, we, we are just absolutely grateful to be in your living rooms and to be welcomed by you. And, uh, you know, our church is in the pretty much the same uh, position you guys are in. We, uh, we want to make sure that we're present to all God is doing right now. And though this is a global crisis, this is not the first time the church has been through an upheaval like this. And the church has always uh, shown through the darkness That's right. uh, when things like this happen. So we just want to be 
responsive to what god is already doing in people's hearts we want to partner with him and specifically we need prayer for how we organize our congregation and how we kind of deploy them in jesus work around our community how we match up people with needs with people who can help in all different ways and we just want to make sure that just adrian i specifically in our leadership team that we're active in inviting everyone to be the hands and feet in jesus and on the other i was gonna say you could also pray for jeff and i just to be strengthened and to feel appropriate responsibility for what we do and not more responsibility than it's ours i think that's a good one and also is i've never experienced a season where people were more willing to talk about jesus more willing to talk about things of eternal significance and more willing to receive prayer these are people in both of our neighborhoods who may you know i've personally known some for 20 years who have opened up in ways they haven't before so um i'm excited about what god is doing and uh finally is with your congregation we have people on the front lines serving in significant ways during this crisis and we just want to pray god's presence and blessing on them mm-hmm. as well as blessing on our congregation as they mm-hmm. uh care for their families and those around them mm-hmm. we love you guys god thank bless thank you, scarlet, scarlet city church city. thank you jesus for scarlet <laughs> city god bless you man praise god for central vineyard gosh i love those guys adrian and jeff and carl are such a blessing. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for friendship and family, that your gospel brings us into a community that is bigger than just ourselves individually in our local churches, but we are a part of your body in this neighborhood, city, and world, and that is such a gift. Uh, God, we we bring these specific concerns that they raised. Uh, First, I pray for wisdom, for their leadership as they seek to organize and as uh, they've said it, deploy people to be the hands and feet of Jesus, that you give them discernment as well as Adrian said, that they that they would not um, lead outside their means. And God, I, I know in this season, there's so much complexity. We have to navigate uh, health issues, technology, financial responsibility, leadership, and the different ways we're all experiencing this situation and it can feel overwhelming. I pray for peace for them as they lead. And then also, God, just as Jeff mentioned, that people would come to faith. God, I'm so grateful for you and the way the hope and peace and joy you bring, even though I don't always feel it. When I step back and think it is so true in my life and I just want people to come to know you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Well, uh, my name is Jay O'Brien, and I serve as a pastor at Scarlet City, and I have a few announcements before I read the passage and Pastor Mike brings our sermon this morning. First, if you are new to Scarlet City, maybe you've been engaged digitally, thank you so much. We we are so grateful that you are uh, engaging, and we would love to connect with you if you have questions. Um, a number of people have reached out to me personally with just questions about faith and tensions, Um, Or if you would like information about the church and getting connected, you can go to the website 
and we have a, a place where you can fill out information, or you can just email Janelle at scarletcitychurch.org. We would love to help you get connected. Also, uh, just a few announcement reminders. On Monday, we have Everyday Order from Pastor Mike. On, two, on Wednesday, we have Pastor Jacob and Storytime. And then on Thursday, um, I lead a thing called Let's Talk, where we just have a discussion and talk. <laughs> and this week, I'm really excited about it. I'm meeting with Amanda Hollinger, who's a therapist and counselor. And she is amazing. We're going to talk about mental health in this in this season. Uh, you can get all that on our YouTube channel and subscribe to stay connected with it. Well, please open your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. I'm going to read our passage this morning. It's a really uh, famous text. And so follow along as, as I read. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear? Isn't there more to life than food and more to the body than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you more valuable than they are? Or aren't you more valuable than they are? And which of you, by worrying, can add even one hour to his life? Why do you worry about clothing? Think about how the flowers of the field grow. They do not work or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was clothed like one of these. And if this is how God clothes the wild grass, which is here today and tomorrow is tossed into the fire to eat, heat the oven, won't he clothe you even more, you people of little faith? So then don't worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the unconverted pursue these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But above all, pursue his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So then do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you so much, Pastor Jay, for reading our text for us this morning. My name is Mike Juday. I'm one of the pastors here at Scarlet City Church. I know it's been said a couple times already, but we're so thankful that you are tuning in with us for our digital worship gathering. And if you're with us right now and you don't consider Scarlet City Church your home, I want to say especially thank you for engaging with us. And we'd be honored if you went onto our website and filled out a connect card. We would love to get to know you, to hear your story, and we can communicate via email or phone. Uh, but we would love it if you reached out to us um, because there are a lot of things happening within our church that we would love to get you connected with. Well, my wife and I have the privilege of having three young kids at home with us. Sadly, one of our children uh, has semi-regular night terrors, uh, something akin to night terrors. About once or twice a month, she wakes up uh, at night after she's been asleep, screaming and crying, catching her, catching her breath, and just a complete inability to engage with what's happening around her. Early on when this started happening, and if you know me, you'll know this makes sense. I would try to outreason her fear. I would try to outreason uh, her being upset. I would say, "You're safe. You're in bed. You're in home. Tell me what happened. What are you feeling?" And I was just trying to outreason all of her terror, all of her fear, all of her worry. But obviously, for a young child and even for adults, that doesn't work. So what it looks like now when she wakes up and she cries, is my wife and or I 
We'll go to her. We'll pick her up. We'll hold her, rub her back, dry her tears, assure her of our love and our presence, and we'll just sit with her until she calms down, and then we'll take her back to bed. Right now in America, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, nightmares and restlessness are off the charts. People are feeling the stress and worry of the things that have happened and the things that might happen. The fear and the concern that is completely legitimate has sunk so deep into our subconscious that it's actually robbing us of our rest, something that is so vital to our health for us to fully engage in the situation that we find ourselves in. So when we read a text like this where Jesus says, do not worry, maybe a couple months ago we would have thought we read it with, uh, why would I worry? But today we read it by, how could I not worry? Look at what's around us. How could we not worry about what's happening. What Jesus says in this text about worry is that we can be free of worry. We can be free of worry because of God's fatherly care. Because of His fatherly care. Many of us Western Christians, myself included, we have often misused texts like this to shame people and to shame ourselves into being com- to completely disregard all concern in our lives. Maybe with the best intentions, but we have told people to don't worry that that is not a part of God's kingdom. And so I think as we start, it is extremely critical that we understand what Jesus means when he says, do not worry. So I want to define what worry is. Now, the original hearers in this culture hearing Jesus say, don't worry, he says it three times in this text. Clearly, it's important. The original hearers wouldn't have heard it with be careless. They wouldn't have heard it as be foolish. The first century Jewish audience, in their culture, it was normative to have a good understanding of prudence, to have a good understanding of wisdom, to have a good understanding of foresight and receiving good counsel to make good decisions for the benefit of you and your family and your community. This is in teachings from rabbis, teachings in the Bible throughout Proverbs and other books that talk about making good decisions. So what does Jesus mean when he says, do not worry. Well, in our language, in our understanding, there is a difference between concern and worry. There's a difference between concern and worry. See, concern is actually a good thing. Concern is our mind, our heart, and our body bringing something to the forefront of our minds that deserves our attention. When you're driving on the highway and your car starts making noise, that should cause concern. When you open the fridge and there's no food, you look at the bank accounts and there's no money. When you look at your calendar and there's no work, 
because you don't have a job. This should cause legitimate concern. It demands attention. It demands consideration. See, concern creates awareness. We become aware of the situation. We become aware of our need. We become aware of different pathways to make good, wise decisions. On the one side, concern creates awareness, but on the other side, worry. What Jesus is talking about creates tunnel vision. Concern creates awareness, and worry creates tunnel vision. Last week, Pastor Jay talked about greed in the gospel and how greed and materialism can blind us to the world. It's the same with worry. When we have a concern and we become so fixated on it, nothing else matters. And our vision gets tighter and tighter till there's only one thing that we're going for. There's only one solution and we don't care what's around us. We can't even see or comprehend what's around us because we're trying to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. When I was a kid, we did a lot of driving and we used to play a game where when you drove under the tunnel, you would hold your breath to see if you could make it all the way to the end of the tunnel. Now, let, let's be honest. I still play that as an adult. I haven't stopped doing that. But when we were doing that, there was one focus, one goal, get to the end of the tunnel. I couldn't think about anything else. I couldn't engage in anything else. Just dreaming and thinking about that fresh air filling my lungs and giving me life. And I couldn't do anything else. We worry. And some translators have called it over-concern. When we have over-concern, our tunnel vision is going to the end of the tunnel, holding our breath. There's only one solution. There's only one thing that we need. There's only one thing that we can do. Maybe the light at the end of the tunnel is getting into a good school. If I could just get into a good school then my life will be set up and I can breathe again. Maybe the light at the end of the tunnel is a good job after school. If I graduate and get the right internship, then I get a job and everything will fall into place. Maybe the light at the end of the tunnel is a spouse. If I just get married and can have a healthy family. Or maybe the light at the end of the tunnel is your spouse changing. Maybe for you, the light at the end of the tunnel is a job because you lost yours. Maybe the light at the end of the tunnel is the security of not living in the midst of a pandemic where this gets so much of our focus that the light of the end of the tunnel means I get to breathe again. Nothing else matters except this concern being resolved. Concern creates awareness. Worry creates tunnel vision. See, worry is the preoccupation with future situations. Worry is when you think and mull over a concern so much that you're not even dealing with the present concern. You're thinking about all the things that could happen, all the different things that could go wrong, and you become enamored and stuck in this concern. 
to Jesus in this text three times. He says, do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. We think, am I just supposed to empty myself of these worries? Am I supposed to empty myself? I look at this water bottle, which is empty because I drank all the water. Uh, and I say, this, this water bottle is empty. And if I look at this as my life and the water was the worry, I emptied it of all of its worries and now it's empty. But the truth is, this water bottle is not empty. It's filled with air. Jesus doesn't say, empty yourself. He says, do not worry. So the question that we have to ask is, then what should we be filled with? I can't just empty myself and be empty. Something has to take its place. What Jesus says is rather than worry, we must be filled with the confidence of the care of our loving Father in heaven. Rather than being filled with worry, as children of God, we can be filled with the confidence and the care of our heavenly Father. Looking at this text, Jesus gives these examples. He says, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. And every time he says, do not worry, he gives another example or illustration of why we must not worry. In verse 26, he looks around, he says, don't worry, look at the birds. The birds don't store food, but God provides for them every single day. He looks around and he says, Look at the flowers on the hill. They are more beautifully dressed than the richest, wealthiest king in all of Israel's history. But they're here today and tomorrow to be made for fire. Now this is the important thing that Jesus says. How much more valuable are you, his child, to God? Look at the birds, how they're cared for. Look at the flowers, how beautifully dressed they are. How much more does God love and care for his children? And then in verse 32, Jesus says, so don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. Even the Gentiles worry about that. Some translations say even the unconverted are preoccupied with that concern. What Jesus is saying is the people who are not children of God, who are not members of God's family, are concerned for these things. And you as a child of God, living in his blessings and living in his kingdom, have full access to the care and love that he provides. When you, as a child of God, are concerned, uh, are worried, are preoccupied with these things, you're living as if I were not your father. And what does it say in verse 32? It says, the Father knows what you need. The Father knows your needs. A lot of us are living outside of that reality. A lot of us are living saying we believe in God and trust Him as our Heavenly Father. But we're living completely dependent on ourselves, worried, sick, 
over the concerns of life. When I think about living in the reality of who we are, I think about uh, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite book series, uh, The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. One of the books is called The Horse and His Boy. And it's a story about a boy and a horse, which you might have guessed, and they are living in captivity. Their owner is cruel and harsh. And they are talking together, and they realize they don't belong here. This is not their home. This is not what they are a member of. And so they uh, go on this journey. Uh, and that's what the story is about, is this journey. And at the end of their journey, they make it to this land that they heard about, the land that they dreamed about, the land that they felt, the kingdom of Narnia. And they learn that they are members of this kingdom. A kingdom established on flourishing. A kingdom established on justice and care. Ruled by a good, powerful king who loves them and cares for them. A lot of us are, king, uh, are members of this kingdom. and We're living in captivity of worry and concern. A lot of us are not operating in the reality of who we are as God's children. So Jesus says, rather than pursue these things, pursue the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So what does it look like? What does it look like to pursue God's kingdom in, in matters of worry? What does it look like for us? And I want to share really practically a few things that I've learned to be candid. Anxiety is something that I have experienced for uh, much of my adult life. And it's only recently through the counsel and care of others that I was even able to identify that I was experiencing anxiety. And it's been a journey it's been a learning process, but I wanted to share a few things that have been beneficial to me through the journey of being plagued with worry and anxiety and what does it look like to be free of that worry and to trust in God's fatherly care. Well, first of all, there is no information that will be able to outreason your worry. There is nothing that I could say so eloquently or so in-depthly that it's just going to cure you. There is nothing you could read. There are things that will help give us a language that will help us process our worry and where it comes from and how to grow in trust of God. But there is nothing that I'm just going to be able to say or you're going to be able to read that is just going to change your heart. So how do we enter God's kingdom? How do we pursue it? Looking at what we talked about, knowing that God is a tender, caring, providing Father. How do we know that God is a caring Father? Well, first of all, this journey is just that. It's, it's a journey. It's a journey for our lives. 
So there are baby steps that we take. We go a little bit further and a little bit further and trust a little bit more, become a little bit more vulnerable. We go on this journey with God at our side, before us, behind us, and caring for us. There's no quick fix. There is no quick fix. Worry is such a normative part of our culture, and for many of us, a normative part of our lives. That there is needed for us to be patient, to be faithful, to continue in this journey of taking baby steps to know God as a good father. Another thing is that we are invited to share our concerns with God. This is such good news. Jesus does not say, don't be concerned. He doesn't say, have no concerns and be foolish and careless, and I will take care of everything. He says, do not be preoccupied with the terror of the future and what it might bring. Don't be so focused and have tunnel vision and unable to see God's work and love and goodness around you. But that doesn't mean that our concerns aren't legitimate. There's a pandemic happening. People are getting sick. People are dying. People are losing jobs. Businesses are closing. There is a great cause for concern. And God doesn't say, stuff those concerns and be faithful. We are invited to share our concerns with our Heavenly Father. There is nothing too big or too small or too complicated that God does not want to hear from us, to carry this burden for and with us. We, as children of God, get this great privilege to be completely honest with Him. There are a lot of concerns that I have. To be frank, I'm embarrassed that I'm concerned about it. And there is no reason to be embarrassed before God, sharing those concerns with Him. <clears throat> Excuse me, in prayer, in reflection, in meditation, He desires that relationship of dependence. That's the way He made us. That's the way His kingdom operates. That's the way His children must depend on Him. I think about uh, another practice that has been good, and that's to recognize that I'm a whole being. I'm a full person. I'm not just a brain. It's not just an intellectual, get the right information, get fixed. I am a whole person. There is this great ancient practice called breath prayer. It's a time that we uh, have a repeated statement that's true about God and our relationship with Him. And as we breathe in, we fill our body with oxygen, with life-giving oxygen. Our body calms down. Our heart rate slows. Our mind fixates on the goodness of our Heavenly Father. Breath prayer, it, the prayer that I pray is, you are my deepest rest. The most common breath prayer is, Lord Jesus, have mercy on a sinner like me. A short statement that can be repeated over and over and over again that has such depth that connects to your heart. 
That as you're experiencing that physical rejuvenation of breathing, slowing down, there's this spiritual connection to the ultimate life giver, the ultimate provider of rest. A couple other things, two more things that I want to suggest. One is this Thursday, Pastor Jay is interviewing Amanda Hollinger and Let's Talk. It's going to be a great conversation about mental health, about uh, getting a language, about what's beneficial. And I encourage you to listen and engage personally with that. And then lastly, I want you to consider pursuing counseling. Worry and anxiety is so complex and it seeps into our DNA and who we are and how we live. For a lot of us, worry kind of makes us good workers and, and, and good thinkers and it propels us to do things. That takes time. It takes time to process in a safe place with professional. I mean, we as, as, as pastors and leaders at Scarlet City Church we would love if you reached out to us. We would love to listen, to care, to give godly counsel and advice. But there is a great chance that we're going to recommend professional counseling that we can encourage you to pursue. Because this is a complex issue. Maybe you're listening and you're trying to engage and you think, man, what a bunch of hogwash. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking these worries are legitimate and, and there's no way to be free of them. Maybe you're thinking this is over-spiritualized. Maybe you're thinking, I can't even imagine God as a good father. Maybe you're thinking, I've never experienced the kind of safety and care that you're talking about. I've never experienced in my personal experience or from reading the Bible or any authority figure, this care and tenderness that you're pointing to, that you're saying Jesus is reminding us of. I want to read a few verses from the Bible that talk about God's character. First Peter chapter 5 says that we can cast all of our cares on our Heavenly Father because He cares for you. You can cast all of your fears, not just the big ones, not the small ones, not even the legitimate ones. Every single care you can cast on your Heavenly Father because He cares for you. Matthew chapter 7, it's just in the next chapter, says this, Is there anyone among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, you would give him a snake? If you then, although you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? This is the family that we're brought into. As children of God, this is how we're designed to depend on on him as a tender, providing father. It says in Hebrews about Jesus, for we do not have a high priest incapable of sympathizing with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. 
Jesus, who condescended from his heavenly home to live on earth a perfect life, defeating death in his death and resurrection, he sympathizes with every single care and concern and worry that you might have. We have this heavenly Father who cares, gives us good gifts. We have this brother, this redeemer, who sympathizes with us. This is a family, a kingdom of care. Friends, God does not want us to bear our concern on our own. Concerns are legitimate. When Jesus says, do not worry, he says, don't carry this alone. This is not yours to carry. There's only so much that you can do. God, our Father, He has created a way. He created a way through Jesus for us to come to Him with every single concern, every single care, freeing us from the disruptive, destructive power of worry. When we jolt awake from the nightmare of our concerns. Some of us, it's multiple times a day. Some of us, it's once a week. We shoot out of bed and we say, I'm so afraid. and I'm so worried. God is there. He is present. He's there to hold you. To dry your tears. To wait with you. Provide rest and security and love. Just like I have the privilege to do for my daughter, God is begging for that relationship with you to cry out to Him. Say, I have concern and, I, and I'm afraid. This is the invitation for each and every one of us. This is what God is inviting us into, to share our concerns with Him, to depend on Him, to lean on Him wholly. We are going to take the next few moments to sing, to reflect, and I really encourage you to spend some time in prayer, considering the concerns that you haven't shared with God. He knows them. He knows what you need. Invite him to carry that. Cry out to him. Share those legitimate concerns. Maybe you're in a place where there's so much worry. Share those worries with him. Invite him in. Ask him to show you his goodness so that you may experience rest the rest that we're all desperate for. When we sing this song together, I want you to really consider where in your life you are not dependent on God. Where in your life are you having a tunnel vision focus on this is the one answer and nothing else matters. Invite God into that. I'm going to read this prayer, the Father's blessing. 
Many of us may not have had great fathers. Many of us might have had terrible fathers. But God tells us what type of father he is. Let's pray together. This is the Father's blessing. Rejoice and sing, my child. Be happy and sing with all your heart. I have taken away every judgment against you, and I have cleared away all of your enemies. I am your King, your Lord. I am with you, beside you, behind you, beneath you, and ahead of you. You will never need to fear evil again. Don't be afraid or let your hands grow weak. I am Lord and I am God. I am is with you now and forever. And I will use my mighty power to save you. You bring me great joy and gladness. gladness. Let me quiet you as I sing my song of love over you. Do you feel oppressed? Let me free you. Is it difficult putting one foot in front of the other? Let me carry you. Have you been rejected, cast aside? Allow me to gather you to myself. I will bring you praise in every place, in the very place where you once experienced shame. You will be known as mine among all the peoples of the earth and watch. I will bring great and hidden treasure right before your eyes. This is my word for you. And everything I say will come to pass because of my great love for you.
Hear this benediction as we go from 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Happy Sunday. Go in peace.